Welcome to the season one recap of the Game Dev Show. It's Kaylee Hurst and Luke Greenaway. We put out the pinnacle of our achievements, our season one achievements. Not really, but it was a great episode last week. Marty O'Donnell, um, incredible composer. And that was our finale to the season, but we did just want to take a moment to kind of reflect on all of our incredible guests this past year and what's ahead for the podcast and the Game Dev Show metaverse. Luke, happy... Monday. Happy Monday. We're bringing the Monday energy. I know. It's very subdued compared to when we were um, Yeah, it was a little punchy last Friday. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Season one, geez. I can't believe... Do you know what I'm shocked about? Just looking through all the episodes we've done. I just can't believe we've had the people we've had on the show. I know. Luke, when I say season one of the Game Dev Show, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, do you know what I think? I know it sounds crazy. I find it. I still find it strange that we recorded with Ian Livingstone. <laughs> I know that's the first thing I think of too. It is. It, do you know why? Because every <laughs> yeah. I say everyone. I would say fifty percent of the guests that we've had on, they play D and D or they cite D and D as this hugely contributing factor to them being in video games. And I think that paper and pen approach to solving problems communicating going on an adventure imagination and creativity is actually it's the template for video games and it was it's just very um it's very cyclical okay. that, that we had ian on at the beginning like second episode in after andreas who's fantastic um fantastic starting episode and it's just this weird like having ian on then having all these people who have been influenced by obviously a lot of the work he's done with D&D and uh, Games Workshop etc and in with his books and then you've got these like incredibly talented individuals who've been in the street for a very long time they're like yeah I played D&D influenced me that's how I got into games like mad what do you think of what's your first well so that was one of the coolest things for me too is like all of these different guests from different backgrounds different countries different perspectives different paths into the industry, different like tenures in the industry, these different themes sort of emerge that like you would sort of like pick up on a narrative that each guest had a different part of, um, which was one of the coolest things to get to experience in recording um, season one. Like I was thinking about uh, Malik Tafaha from Ubisoft Mena, who talked about emerging markets and games, but specifically UAE and like, what does it mean to get a game ready for the UAE? And what does localization look like? What's the importance of like native level speaking? How do you even tackle language for the UAE? Because even that's a complicated question. And then, I don't know, like we just had incredible guests that then picked up on that theme differently. Like I even, when we were talking to Rami Ismail, I was thinking about Malik and like sort of Malik's perspective on living in the UAE. And then Rami's coming at it from the perspective of Muslim representation in games. And yeah, so like when those kind of themes emerged or we had like this theme throughout a lot of the episodes of where does innovation in the games industry come from? And like, are we putting the onus of that exclusively on the indies? And how does that stifle creativity in the games that get to mass market? Mm, yeah, that's really well put. I think, it, Thank yeah, you. yeah, it's, it's you're far more concise and articulate than I am. I think that's obviously why I selected you as my co-host because I thought <laughs> you selected I, me. I need someone to be able to speak well. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just honored to be nominated. Um, I'd like to thank my fans. Um, I'd like to thank um, my uh, elementary oh, school teacher. My mom, who made yeah. me play Scrabble, Whoa. even though I hated it. I just, yeah, I mean, obviously, you just bring a level of, yeah. And do you know what's weird? It's like, obviously, this is something I've realized, obviously, because we work together outside of the podcast, but it's incredible how well you do this. I would Aww. say that's something I've learned over the last, you know, like nine you months. You are very sweet. End of self-congratulatory talk. Yeah. Good job, Luke. Good uh, job. I'm yeah, proud of you. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm just happy the concept works. I know when we were talking a lot at yeah. the beginning about concepts and I was just mm-hmm. like, actually, because we had all these ideas and I was like... Let's actually just make it about the guest as like a talk show because you have it for film and music and it's celebrating the film, music, actors, musicians. Why don't we have that for the, like the people who contribute to our industry? And I'm just like, do you know what? Like the, the biggest satisfaction for me is the fact that it works and actually that we get to be a part of that. So tell me some things like season two, what are you looking forward to? What do you want to do differently? (laughs) It's hard, isn't it? Because I feel like towards the end of this season, things get far more conversational and I think that's just because I feel more relaxed I I hope that happens for season two I think they I hope they start off very conversational and I don't know what do you think like maybe um, you'd inspire me well okay so I think some things that are coming in the off season we are working on launching a video component of each of our episodes. Mm. So YouTube would be a good platform for that. And also a written component, kind of tying together some of these themes that we've talked about throughout the season. So we'll post those to our social media as a way to kind of keep engaged, keep in touch with what's going on with the Game Dev Show family. So Mm. I'm excited about those. But then I also, I was thinking this weekend about season two. And one thing I would love to incorporate is letting people define themselves a bit more we introduce them which is cool but i thought about like what if the guest introduces themselves and defines who they are within the industry like Mm. i'm kaylee and this is my presence in the industry and also i think um one thing that's pretty important to me is having our guests introduce themselves with their pronouns and let them define that so that we make sure we are uh, not misgendering any of our guests Mm. and so not that that's something that we've done, <laughs> luckily. No. Um, but I want to make sure we incorporate that as part of our season two. Yeah, I think it's a great shout. It's it's very hard, isn't it? Because I feel like it's like worked so well. I'd love the idea of the video format as well. I think that's a fantastic idea. And obviously I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> I think with uh, the game dev show, like I, I love what it is. I mean, I just looking at this list of guests and just having so many good memories. Do you, do you have a, who was your favorite guest? Controversial. Uh, mm. oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I think we both had a crush on Rami Ismail. Mm. <laughs> he was yeah. just so cool. He was so cool. The first time I felt at ease probably as a person was when I was about six years old and my father got a computer and it was a hand-me-down from an uncle, Emma's DOS. So the only way you could interface with it was typing things, and obviously in English, which I absolutely did not speak at age six. Mike Wilson, you know, who actually was just a few weeks ago, was so fun to hang out with. Like, I just wanted to, I just wanted to hang out with him. You know, because at that time, if you were into computers, you had no business in college other than, you know, maybe breaking in the lab to use their servers from time to time. But... I, I know I already mentioned Malik, but I really 
really, really felt connected with Malik. I really, really like chatting with them. I definitely wouldn't say I'm a Pikachu, like a super perky uh, pick-me-up kind of Pokemon. I wouldn't say I'm a Psyduck, uh, where I'm a, a bit more on the wacky end of things. I think, was your favorite Mike Rose? I know you felt you really enjoyed that. That's where it all kind of set off for me, career-wise, really. I started playing everything strange and small that I could find. And then I started writing about them. I loved Mike. I loved... Um... Passy was cool. The most I have experienced in my life, the minus degrees has been minus 38. That was one of the reasons, basically, in the uh, in my childhood as well, when, when my parents bought the uh, Commodore 64, so we could play inside. I loved um, Tyler Sigmund, obviously, Duck's Dungeon, but I loved hearing about his approach. I think for me, the first time I really got interested in creating was as a result of D&D, you know, which is one of the most just wonderful parts of that whole hobby is the the reliance on imagination as well as the encouragement to create your own stuff. I do you know what's weird like looking at the list like I loved Cassie. So I went in my interview and I was just blown away like just walking into a video game studio just automatically you could feel the creativity. Shelby Monadina for example. You know, my basic personality has always been that I like to learn new things. And I think that serves anyone really well in games because every game is new. There's always new challenges. There are always new roles. You always don't have quite enough people to do everything. So what I did was whenever there was something that needed someone to do it, I would raise my hand and say, I'll try, even if I haven't done it before. I loved, obviously, that she loved Planescape Tournament, but I love even her story with Reddit, right? Like, and how her yeah. post for Animal Crossing went viral, um, but also the work she did. I just... There are so many people we've spoken to. Adam Campbell. There are people, there are corporations who hold power. And one of the best ways to show you care is by using that power. Some of that is changing the narrative. And some of that is also using those economic resources to help those who may be in need. Working with marginalization, people of color in the video games industry, everything he's doing at Park. Like, he's obviously got off to do like incredible things. He's like, you know, yeah. he's been a voice for the industry with the BBC. And yeah, do you know, like, we get a chance to just tap into and hear all these stories. And I just want that to continue. Oh, I guess. Xavier Moreau. How, how can we skip Xavier Moreau? He was oh, like, yeah. As a producer, and um, I would say that my philosophy is to be benevolent, you know. If someone is doing something uh, in her or his work that is not good, you have to encourage him. You have to work with that. And I want to have this philosophy um, also on every aspect of the life. And I think that it will help us also, uh, mm -hmm. the, the society <laughs> to change, I hope. God, he was cool. Miguel was uh, Miguel oh, Corti yeah, from Capcom. Miguel. Hell, Resident oh. Evil. He was like, probably God. the most handsome man we've had. Actually, I don't want to discredit any of the handsome. other handsome men, but like... We had a lot of... We, and he was such a lot a great of good-looking people. <laughs> the company that was representing Captain Morgan in Japan was trying to uh, popularize the drink. And the way it was sold to me is like, oh, this guy wants you to just serve some drinks at a party and they'll pay you like $100 or something. Um, I think we also have to give just like a special game dev show award to Andreas Gachwari for being our first guest and being so kind so to us. 
it was a complete accident. When I grew up, there wasn't any degrees in game development. Eidos was looking for localization testers. He's like, well, you speak German, you play games. So, you know, why not combine the two? And I was like, all right. When we were tr- talking about QA and I said, obviously, QA is how a lot of people come into the industry. <laughs> well, it's not and unkind to tell someone that they disagree with He them. reprimanded me though. And, but he you know what, on your first too. episode, I was like, oh my God, like, my heart's broken. <laughs> Whereas like towards the end, you're like, people disagree with you and you're like, yeah, that's fine. Let's just crack on. Oh um, gosh. But yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, Dr. Mick from Special Effects. Dr. Mick was on. Yeah, was, you, you guys cried. I think I, that I, was I the only cried. episode I cried. I've seen a little lad, severe cerebral palsy, Forza is his dad's favourite game, and he's been watching him play that for years. But what they've done is they give you enough assists to be able to boil that game right down to you being the only car on the track, and when you press a button, then you go forward on the racing line. Nobody else, no competition, and you can go around the Neuerburg ring or wherever it is just by pressing that switch. And the delight on that, they've got a video, and just, you know, absolute delight. And his dad put that video up online. And just there were thousands of people who just said, whoa, it's absolutely terrific, you know, what, and what is there not to like? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but the work he no does. No guarantees, though. I cry a lot. The work um. they do, though, is just... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Jeremy, obviously, the voice yeah, of, uh, of V, but um, just in general, like, her work throughout the industry. And I remember I got in the car and I said, I don't know what this is, but I would love to work on it because just doing that one scene, if I could do this this type of stuff for a couple weeks, that would be the best job ever. So then I go home and I'm looking up what are games coming out that may have a main character? Because they never give you the the actual title of the game. So I was looking and looking and couldn't find anything, but I found this cyberpunk trailer. And I thought, it can't be this. This is massive. And then I thought, well, if it is, there's no way I'm getting it. This is going to go to an A-lister. And for the entire process recording the demo, I thought, I'm just doing this until they find a celebrity to come in and replace me. She's voiced so many incredible characters. And it's crazy when you're speaking to her. And I remember she changed her voice to that old V oh, um, for that so moment. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And it is, you almost get like goosebumps. She's like, oh, God, this is me. And you're not even like fanboying, fangirling, et cetera. But it's just the talent of these individuals when you speak to them and the thought process that they have. You're like, wow. Like, this is, it's incredible that there is not a platform quite like the game without being too like self-congratulatory. Um, but there's an, it's, I'm really happy that we have this platform for them. But yeah. So I think we just need to say thank you to our every single guest because every time we record, it makes my day. I love, I love talking to our guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, and thank you to PTW for sort of just letting us live our, live our dream, live our truth and make this. Thank you to Steve. Thank you to Connell. Thank you, Steve, to Connell as well. Steve for like obviously all the incredible post edits, like all the production, and obviously the input as well on, in terms of like what I sounds good. I wonder when good. Steve's going to start um, editing out your giggles. Yeah, I don't know. I know at the beginning, I still do it now, but I say like a lot. And mm. do you know what's awkward? I think you've just transitioned to a lot of giggling. Yeah, I do laugh, especially when I'm nervous. When people say something and I'm like, oh, that's controversial, I'll laugh because I don't want to condone what they've done, but I don't want to obviously confront them either. So I'm just like, oh, just, okay. just laugh. Uh, Thank you to KFC for keeping Luke powered. Um, 
Yeah, KFC Wednesdays. That was a thing in the past now that I'm dieting, but I look back and with fondness. But yeah, Steve, Connell Sutar, like his work, obviously like sourcing the guests, he does all the research. And yeah, he obviously knows the industry incredibly well. And he knows like he always has a, you know, context round guests and like this is what they're working on. And yeah, bless him. He does like a lot of the um, communication on our behalf. So yeah, PTW, obviously Flint Ash just crack on. Oh, and can we talk about like the other things that are coming up? We could just say we're like, we're working on new game dev show family IP, more podcasts, more mm, content. The game dev show is going to become the game dev network, but not this episode. This podcast itself will stay as the game dev show. Um, we're adding more IP. Do you have like a moment of like cringe? Like, oh God, like it oh. makes me feel the worst. I definitely have it when Andreas told me about the QA thing. That stays with, that'll stay with me forever. Because like, I, I was so mortified. Cringe. I probably should have a moment of cringe. Um, no, no. No, no. <laughs> but um, speaking to Dr. Mick was so emotionally powerful for mm. me. Like it truly changed how I think about who I am supposed to be in the world not cringe at all just like very very emotional i was crying during that episode i did cry Mm. afterwards it was like a yeah yeah i think do you know what it is it's like these like paragons of good souls you know right like what he does what he stands for the humility it's just yeah he he was an incredible individual yeah Yeah, it was amazing and i think it was nice because rami ishmael came before after doctor after after so he was um Again, yeah, I felt, do you know what? I felt like out of all the journeys we went on, his was the most, I, do you know, I just loved his attitude that he was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to sabotage everything else in my life and just do this, like university, everything. If I, if I can't do something, mm. I'm just going to do it. And I think not that everyone should take that attitude to the extreme, but I think there is a very strong message in that. If you're not happy with something or somewhere, or someone, it's extremely important to realize that you have such a finite amount of time in life to stay within that bubble. And I think his attitude of, and actually this is an attitude that is shared, I would say by all of our guests, is this attitude of, I'm going to do what I want to do because it's what makes me happy, yeah. Thanks so, for listening and being with us on this journey, listeners. Um, yeah. If you want to stay in touch over the off season, you can still find us at gamedevshow at ptw.com or ptw.com slash gamedevshow. There's a contact us form on there. And we'll keep updating all of our social media too so that you see what's going on. But mm. GG, listeners, thanks for hanging around. Yeah, thank you for listening. Oh, yeah, if you have any suggestions, please send them in. Um, yeah, sure. Can't wait for season two. Game over.